It's just become public. Are we? It's, I mean, we're on. Yeah, end broadcast. Wait, hey, hello, internet. Hello, internet. <laughs> hello, internet. <laughs> this is the audio podcast. Yeah, this is episode number fifty-seven, summer twenty twelve. We're recording this Monday, 28th of May, and it's the first time we're using the on-air feature of Google Plus Hangout thing. Well, we hope it's the first time. It may or may not actually have worked again. <laughs> um, well, we'll see, and we'll see how the video comes out, because we're not quite sure how it's going to uh, cut in between us, really. We'll see how it handles that. I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm Samuel Freeman. I'm Scott Hewitt. So far, so good. Should we just plow on? We haven't got to the important parts yet. Well, you've said it's show 57, but the show notes are at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. And there are the notes of the news items, other stuff and plunder we will be talking about today. Awesome stuff. Cool. Shall we uh, head straight into it then? Yeah. 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 Well, um, a, a movie I'm uh, really, really excited about its uh, forthcoming release next week. So I wanted to, that was what, what drew my attention to it really, is uh, the new uh, Ridley Scott Prometheus movie. Um, and a great article on Editors Guild about the actual alien sounds that, and the production techniques they used to create the sounds for the movie. So I thought that was, that was kind of cool. Kinda yeah, it's a really, it's a cool article. It talks about the technology they were using and the techniques they were doing with it and yeah, it's got some some interesting ideas and some funny thoughts in there. And one one thing that jumped out at me is that early on in the article they say that the um oh I've lost it now. I should have highlighted this. The plugin Ultiverb. They say that the new they didn't like the new version of Ultiverb, but then like towards the bottom, I think it might be somebody else quoted as saying that they used it for this that and it was great. So for the helmet sounds, when people are talking to each other through helmets, they were using um, the impulse response of that so they could do ADR and then add the impulse response so that you didn't need to wear a helmet when you were doing your lines. Anyway. Oh, I would so wear a helmet <laughs> while doing lines. I'd say, oh, forget your ultiverb, get me a helmet whilst I do my lines. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> that, that would be really convenient if somebody hit you with the, you know, with the boom mic, those classic kind of outtakes where the boom mic comes in and cracks you over the head. That'd be it'd be good to have I a mean, helmet on for that situation. It's basic film set health and safety. And uh, after the uh, event audio recording health and safety, you really should be common practice. Helmet wearing health and safety. That's nice. The the bit I really loved about the um about the article was um further a bit further down it actually then starts to list kind of um physical kind of effects processors and you know kind of pedals and things that they used to make some of the sounds as well, which I, I thought it was cool the way they had a, a nice mix of hardware and software solutions working together. Yep, lots of emphasis on the um, reverbs and talking about the different delays and stuff they had when we were playing with. Yep. Cool. If uh, Scott McLaughlin was with us, he'd almost certainly comment on the uh, use of silence, which they actually talk about as a creative tool, but he's not here, so we're saying no more. <laughs> and, <laughs> And all the way through, they're talking about the emphasis being on the audience, you know, like the reason that you're doing all this sound design is to create an impression for the audience. And I think that's something that it's, yeah, it's, it's not a self-indulgent thing that they're doing. They're making, they're contributing to the film and they're always thinking about how, how it's going to be received. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's important to remember, of course, that in records and in films, the whole atmosphere has to be completely reconstructed and you 
you kind of use real life as a kind of basis, but it has its own set of rules. So producing a, an audio record isn't like recording some like a band live. It's it has its own set of rules. So that fits in with that really. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Anyway, well I'm going from a uh, going from one black box floating through space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Box Analog have uh, released a new um, a, a new kind of preamp, which which is now available. Um, it's built in the old-fashioned way, apparently. Yeah, that's that's what it says. I I thought it's it has a cool website that actually works on like everything, and so I kind of liked it. So I I want to mention that. It's, cool. it's it's quite swanky as well. So like yeah, it's. So hold on, what is this box that we're talking about now? It's. It's item number two at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk, um, show 57, and it's um, the Black Box Analog Design Vacuum Tube Preamp. I see, so preamp <laughs> for microphones and that kind of thing. And what features does this Black Box Audio Design Vacuum Tube Preamp have <laughs> as we discuss it on <coughs> the audio podcast episode 47? <laughs> 57 and you can see all of our notes on wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk Adam that is that is ridiculous but thank you very much that's absolutely great uh, Adam Yance ladies and gentlemen um, well the main thing obviously thank is the fact that it has a tube um, you know the, the independent tube stages and the ability to control them there and the point that they the point they make in a lot of the blurb about it is that people talk about so much about analog to digital conversion and there's so much development in how to do that but people still just use the most basic you know lots of people are still operating on very basic standard preamps and this is obviously a boutique preamp which has a lot of flexibility and therefore can be used to really kind of mold and modify the sound that you're actually going to be working with so what kind of uh, controls have we got? Have we got different uh, mic impedances, any EQs, anything like that? Um, there's, I was just looking at that. Like one thing that caught me out was the five position gentle and musical roll off. And that's only two positions they've mentioned. I don't know what the other three would be, maybe in between. Um, but if, if you're on the page and you go up from features to where it says real power, they're using 350 volts of pure linear power to get the most out of the tubes, apparently. Wow. It, as always, you can, you know, you, you can find the, the full kind of link <laughs> to everything on there. They have audio examples of the of the kid in use as well. The thing that intrigued me about this is, um, do you, are ever you guys using kind of boutique preamps? Not not today to do this show. I don't think anybody is. No, no just... I, don't, I don't own anything like that. The best preamp I have right now is the one in my Novation Neo, which I'm using today. Sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> But um, do you, I, I, I do wonder about whether, I, I understand why you would want to have a kind of nice boutique preamp, but I, I, I often wonder, you know, whereabouts on my priorities list should it or should it not be for doing, for, for doing things? Because it isn't, at the end of the day, if you have a really nice preamp and then you put it into some horrific, you know, analog to digital conversion, then it's just pointless having the nice preamp. But it's better to invest in the conversion and the preamp later on if you ever get to the point where you want where you want to or can afford to or it's commercially viable to do so. I suppose really the question there is, is it worth spending a lot of money on one part of the recording chain that's a lot better than the rest? Or is it better to spread your money around and rather than have a big spike in one part of your recording chain, you bring the quality of your whole recording chain up less, but together? Which is the better one to do? 
which indeed I suppose depends on your long-term goals. If you were going to build up a high-quality system over time, then you might stick with your standard-ish and something like this preamp with it in mind to down the line improve what it is that you're doing it throughout the whole chain you know doing it one at a time you've got to start somewhere it's not if, if i was going to start somewhere though i'd start at the recorder i'd want the best recorder possible because at the end of the day that's capturing the material so best well, recorder by the best recorder you mean the best analog to digital converter basically yes or whatever kind of recorder i was choosing to make yes but I take your point. Um, would you have a recommendation for that, or are you going to sit on the fence? No, I'm, I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm, I'm just saying, in, in my mind, I would invest in the recording and capturing stage first, and then the other elements later on. That's, that, that's some sound advice. Sound advice from the three of us here at the audio podcast. What is the <laughs> next item on the list? That's a very poor link there, by the way, Adam. Hey, I, I've been listening to all your links from previous audio podcasts, and I, I've got to say that I'm not that impressed, to be honest. Okay. Well, a, a, a little bit more of a kind of business commercial story um, is just that um, Loud Technologies, who are the owners of Martin Audio, have announced that they're looking for kind of what they refer to as private equity support, which basically means that they, they're looking for somebody to invest some money into Martin Audio to, to, to keep it, you know, to perhaps keep it going or to re reinvigorate the business. So um, I just spotted that going through and just thought Martin Audio is obviously a, you know, a well-respected company who, who makes some incredible kit, but I've kind of registered it as a, as a story. I'm not really sure what comment, whether we have any comments to make on it or not, or just to remark it's there. It's, it's essentially a business story more than a technology, audio tech, just involving an audio technology what company. Of, uh, what kind of kit do they do? I, I, I have heard of some stuff, but I'm not sure. And loudspeakers. Loudspeakers, okay. That's the, that's studio, the main... Studio quality loudspeakers, kind of monitors, or are we talking... Live. You're, you're, you're talking live. Talking... Like Glastonbury, that sort of. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, I'm saying they've been well-known and well-respected for a long time. Um, you know I mean? But I, th I think it's interesting. Well, it's one of these classic things, isn't it, where everybody thinks of modern audio as being a kind of a London company, and I suspect most people probably think of it as being a kind of family company kind of thing. But obviously, in reality, it's owned by a, you know, it's owned by an American company called Loud Technologies. So it's, yeah, it's what it is. It's what it is. Anyway, um, I guess if you've got a whole load of money and you ever thought about, you know, owning your own loudspeaker company, then this has been a great item. <laughs> talking about countries maybe we should move on and talk about vienna special editions uh, see that was a terrible that's more like vienna. it that's more like it come on you're getting into the spirit of things i'm getting into the spirit but the thing is that vienna is not a country vienna is a city so i've uh, boomed there no I've no that, that that is a quality link you just did there adam you should be proud of that one. Oh yeah okay so i put that and on my cv did... i'll put it on we, my CV. We... We we the Vienna Symphonic Library came up a few weeks ago, but not as an item. And now it's it's here in the news because they've got the special editions, um, entry level collections of sample series. Yeah, that's it. Release. That's it. <laughs> available, so you can go get them. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. 
Should we head on? Yes. yes, I can't see the pricing on it immediately, so I give up. <laughs> so uh, Pro Tools have a release. Um, th this actually only just missed. Um, th this only just this missed last week's show, probably by an hour or so. So it's six days old almost here now. But the Pro Tools 10.2 update has been released uh, for uh, Pro Tools and Pro Tools HD on OS X and Windows 7, which is cool. So now all you have to do is wait for either. Pro Tools 10.3, which will, or 11, which will get rid of the old versions of the hardware, or we have to wait for their uh, Windows 8 version. Let's see if they even do that. Hmm. That'll probably take about three years to do. Oh, uh, well, maybe they, maybe they never will. I don't know. Could you imagine the Metro interface version of Pro Tools? That could be quite a... Well, they'll probably just run it on the legacy desktop because... I don't see how you would be able to run it very well, and certainly not Metro style on uh, on the Windows 8. I, I, I'm really looking forward to Windows 8. That's a really strange thing for me to say because I'm well known as a Mac boy, but uh, I'm in. I'm interested. I'm looking forward to see what it's what it's like. But let's see what the musical outcomes are because it's a completely different kind of interface to what we're used to on a computer desktop laptop type platform yeah that's 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 very true um well did anybody spot the big features on this up um on this update or is there any i, I know there's lots of those moments where they say and lots of other bugs fixed as well which is, which is kind well, of cool. probably the big ones would be aax versions of some of the uh plugins that you get with the system so Dverb, Sansamp, and J and the Joe Meek plugins. That'll be a significant thing. And they've also been ported onto Windows, the AAX versions. Um, anything else you two would like to add? Um, apparently, there's now support for no, up to three HDX cards. Well, that's great because we really need three HDX cards. I, have you guys read about? Uh, I read the Sound on Sound. Uh, review of the new Pro Tools hardware and they say that one AAX card is like having like three of the old cards or something like that they're super powerful and you could probably most people could get away with just the one card in the computer not having to have two as a standard but just one and then the really hardcore user can go up so you know I, that's not really headline for me. That's like only a very small amount of people really need that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I get, you know, I mean, something that is cool, I think that's important just to mention in the space is that um, it, it's really cool that Avid and Pro Tools are still rolling these updates, you know, in kind of free of charge in the way that they're in the way that they are doing. Because I'm saying Adobe have started switching to a model of having to pay for kind of minor updates now and things like that. So I think we should kind of acknowledge to Avid that that's a great. That's a great feat. That's a great thing by them still to offer that kind of these kind of incremental updates free in that sort of way, which is cool. Well, I think you guys might have talked in a previous audio podcast about maybe how Avid are changing their market position, and that's probably that might have something to do with that. I imagine. Did Did you guys talk about it, or did I read that somewhere else? Yeah, we we we've we've talked about that a couple of times. Just saying that you know. Avid as a as a business is probably looks looks as if it is, well, 
Avid having bought Digi and, and acquiring Pro Tools, you know, Avid are a Avid's main in main focus always was kind of professional video production in the live environment. That was what they that was what they did, and adding Pro Tools onto the side of that was makes perfect sense for them because most of their users were probably using Pro Tools on the side of their kind of video work. So the integration for them is obviously makes perfect sense, and I think the you know the Pro Tools home users are are of less interest to to avid and you can see that happening now because of the way they've allowed pro tools to operate using you know other hardware now that makes perfect sense in the context of that decision but not you know not in the old digi digi design way of working now can i just stop you right there scott i have some breaking news for you and that news <laughs> is that scott mclaughlin has joined us hello scott mclaughlin Oh, hey, we can't oh, hear you though. We cannot he's, hear you. He's, his mic is not working. That oh. is amazing. <laughs> Scott, that is a horrific fail. <laughs> That's five minutes. Uh, he's here for five minutes or the world's going to blow up in five minutes. Uh, it's a movie with two <laughs> syllables. For those who are enjoying the video, the audio only version of this show, um, Scott is uh, attempting <coughs> a, a charade with Adam guessing. Um, we'd actually recommend playing this game with max objects. That's usually more satisfying than <laughs> than random things here, as uh, as discussed on our uh, trip to M4U earlier on this year. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to add something into the show notes because um, wow. it was there and I took it out. Um, just because we're on the subject of updates and things, the, there is this week being announced the um, Reason 6.5 update, and that's in that's in beta version, I think. Um, the reason I took it out of the notes was that in order to sign up to test it and do it, you have to agree to non-disclosure. And I didn't want to try and think about whether that meant I was allowed to talk about it or not. So having not agreed to it, I am talking about it. That's 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 a wise move you've made there, Sam. That's the that's the right call. If you if you have an NDA disclosure, then it's all good for us. Yeah. What we should do is we should contact the guys though and see if we can get some sort of dispensational yeah. permission. So we'll we'll make sure Exclusive. we get that sorted out. Oh well, maybe so, maybe so. Um yeah, that's cool. So whereabouts are we? Are we where have we made it to? We are. I think, I think we've gone through the news and we might now be at other stuff, the very vague and ambiguous news section. <laughs> so the idea of other stuff for, for Adam, no, we've discussed it briefly, is other stuff is the things that aren't news because they're not really they're not entirely newsworthy really. But it's not plunder because it's not actually genuinely interesting either. It, it's more things that are interesting in the community of this podcast. Could, could I say maybe it should be called administrative? Because that no, sounds great. Well, it sounds a little bit less vague than other stuff. I'm, I'm willing to take suggestions for what the other stuff could be named. However, administrative is not a solution. <laughs> <laughs> but by calling it other stuff, we it leaves it completely open to use it for absolutely any stuff. So if we had some really important administrative stuff to put into the show, we wouldn't have to invent ah, the section for that. You said administrative. <laughs> so that's uh, a vote for me. That's a vote for administrative. Other stuff will be the things between newsworthy items and plunder, which don't fit in the other category. So that could be so such as such as other stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what other stuff have we got this week? Well, the, the, the first one is um, just a reply back to the uh, ProTooler blog. Um, we obviously reported that they were unwell, and uh, hence there'd been a little bit of gap there, and we wished them a get well soon, and they, they have replied back in kind. 
and uh, gave us a mention on their gave us a mention on their blog as a of yep, concern. So I thought that was fantastic. Yep, so Stiff's back to blogging in a, in a gentle way, easing himself back into work. So that's yep, very good. And I'm guessing, I, I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing, Scott, that the um, the link to the next plunder item may have also come from. Oh, did it? Did it? Lo did it? We lost the uh, the last half of what you said there. Try again, Sam. Oh dear. Um, can I can I retract it if it didn't get through? We we haven't heard anything you've said for the last thirty seconds. This is a hangout epic fail. But while start... Scott McLaughlin continues in silence on the side, well, <laughs> the, the irony, of course, is that the next item is about Google Plus Hangouts. So of course it was going to fail then. That's very true. So just to remind everybody, we are recording this show via a Google Plus Hangout. We push it. We're actually using YouTube on air as well today, so you can actually watch the show live on YouTube at seven. Um, Around about seven. We're never on time because that's the beauty. We don't have to be on time. So we're approximately on time at seven o'clock. Um, we haven't quite worked out. I'll, I'll work. There'll be a link which will be a, here's how you get to where it appears on YouTube because I haven't really worked out where it appears on YouTube live yet. So perhaps um, perhaps Scott, I, I don't know if you're watching it on. Oh, no, it's okay. <coughs> I'll work it out. I'm just going to see if we can find out that. But if you want to, um, I haven't done it yet, actually. But in the future, what we're going to do is if you if you add the audio podcast to a circle on Google Plus that allows us to add you to one of our circles. You have to do it that way around. We can't do it the other way around. And I will add you into our I think I is it called listeners or is it called viewers? I I don't know. We have a group of people who have added us who are interested in the show. We'll add you to that and in future weeks I will remember to add that group to the hangout. So then if you want to come and hang out with us and contribute as well then as a listener you'd be welcome to do that. Adam, that's a silly face. What's going on? I was just trying to distract you. <laughs> you did really well. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anyway, so that that's the point of the Google Plus link, which is cool, which is kind of fun. Should we head into I'm the plunder? We should. Adam, get your, get your, get your pirate hat on. Get your no, pirate hat on. Do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me go and do this. It slowed down the uh, video connection significantly, but well, for the uh, for your YouTube viewers, here's a Google effect for you. Whoa! I'm a pirate. Whoa! <laughs> it be plunder time. Coming through Plunder. Oh wait, wait, stop! We might be copyright infringing. And we're on YouTube. Oh, that's great work. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, the very first time we encringe copyright ever is on the when show. We're on YouTube live. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. Doesn't podcasting like fall in the same category as radio and can't you get away with 15 seconds or something before fair, it's a problem? Fair use. Fair use. Considering that a YouTube have attempted to remove content of, that was entirely our own. <laughs> And do copyright oh, yes. guys grounds. I, I wouldn't like to vote any sort of sensible sensibility for this. Okay, so let's get on with the plunder. Plunder. And, um, I'm going to hand over to one of you two. I don't know who has the first one here. I'll take it. Um, the maker, uh, maker, uh, well, maker fair had a live event and somebody brought along a guitar. Um, well, actually, I think it's a bass actually. Uh, with a, a with a C64 body. Like as a C C sixty four computer attached to its body, which I thought was kind mm. of fun. I only watched the beginning of this video, which auto plays, um, like to warn that kind of thing. But um, 
Yeah, it was on the live stream. I'm trying to remember. Yes, so she brought it was she was calling it a keytar. Used used the um, Commodore 64. Um, it was using for the sound. So she had a bass attached to it with four piezo pickups. So she was taking the each string individually to get the pitch that was being played, and then somehow resynthesizing that through the keytar. And all of the QWERTY keys played notes as well. It's kind of good fun. Awesome. I thought it was a cool, excellent cool video. Excellent. Huh? Adam, I didn't see that. Okay, uh, this is one that I put in uh, this week. So, uh, any programmers among you um, will probably have come across Stack Overflow, the Q and A site for uh, programming problems, and has a very particular way that it's set up. Um, the people who run Stack Overflow have uh, basically copied that system and made a number of other sites for uh, non-programming things. And these include uh, these two new ones, which are in beta, which are the audio and video production uh, Stack Exchange site and signal processing. Now, both of those, um, they're not just for audio, uh, but they are, um, uh, they have, you can basically go on there, get uh, tips to ask questions about uh, in one case, audio production, uh, in another case, things like uh, DSP programming. So if you're trying to uh, build something using DSP, and it's something like Alex Harker would do. Um, and it's all set in the Stack Exchange uh, mode of delivering a Q&A site. So uh, you ask a question, uh, it gets voted up or down, depending on if it's a good question or not. And answers are, are rated depending on uh, the reputation they get, the kind of the votes they get, rather than just being in um, time order. So it's a lot easier, a lot faster to get to information if you're looking for information. Uh, and then you get a reputation system, you get reputation points, and the more reputation points you get, the the, uh, the more privileges you have as a user. So um, yes, yeah, so I came across these recently, and I thought it would be a good idea to put them out there, get the audio podcast guys interested. Uh, head on there and see what you can do, really. Yeah. Um, that's great. I mean, welcome back to Scott um, McLaughlin, who, who has sounds now. I think we can hear you. I think I can hear me. Hey. Oh, just and about. Yeah, so, uh, you're very, very uh, low pass, shall we say. Talk it's... loudly of a Scott. <laughs> Quiet Scott. Um <laughs> We were, when were we talking about SoundCloud last week or the week before? We we um, said how it's strange that like the the kind of sharing of ideas and sharing of stuff doesn't seem to happen so much with audio, and this seems like it's addressing that exact. Well, I think that. I think this it, this isn't so much. I don't think this is necessarily about the creative, uh, like getting people to listen to your work and getting opinion, soliciting opinion on your work. I think it's more about the, the, the technical side behind it. So audio video production would be, um, okay, so uh, I'm having trouble bringing the, the voice out in this mix. Um, I've tried this and this and this, um, hasn't really worked, can anyone shed some light? Uh, it'll be that kind of thing. It's really a Q&A site. It's about asking a question and being as precise as you can and then making sure that whoever gets the correct answer or the closest answer gets like accepted and gets uh, extra reputation and all this kind of stuff. 
so it, it still has a kind of programming mentality about it. That's probably why I like it because I'm a bit of a programmer myself. So it's, it's the emphasis is on searching the site. Am I still with you? My computer's frozen. Yeah, you're uh, back. I think I okay. think you stopped for a second there. <clears throat> I've lost my train of thought now. That's cool. It, well, it's it's a cool resource, isn't it? If you're if you if you've got some programming issues which are audio or DSP related, then that's a really great resource to go I, and get involved not, in and contribute. About, it's not necessarily about programming per se, though. I think it's more about techniques and things as well. So the DSP one will probably be about programming, but the production one's about techniques. Anyway, um, so yeah, the so kind of thing. Good resource. It's a good resource. So you might be, there might be a stuff on there about how to use compressors, perhaps. Oh, very possibly, very possibly. <laughs> so uh, Aud Audio Geek Zine have put a, a a kind of fairly cool how to use compressors up, which I, I spotted and I thought was kind of cool. So yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> I think we, I, I I'm slightly nervous that we might have linked to this like a couple of weeks ago. A bit of me worried about this, but I didn't worry too much that I looked. I don't um, think we did. No, I don't think we've not. Well, I think this is Audio Geeks D in 2012.05 in the URL. So, so we, yeah. we haven't linked to anything in the past few weeks. I think we're safe. That's cool. <laughs> that's fine. So that's a cool how to use compressors, which is worth having. Yeah. Cool. Something that's worth knowing how to do. So why not have a look at it? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to move on. Um, so the first time that uh, Bog Moog's uh, birthday was celebrated recently online. Um, yeah. Yep. And May 23rd was the was was what it says. And oh, there was a Google Doodle. I had, I didn't. I obviously wasn't online that day. Oh, I saw this. It was great. <coughs> it was a synthesizer, and you could play it, and you could change the parameters on on the synthesizer that was on the google front page it was really cool yeah it, it is cool i think as a well yeah that, that was cool and um, alongside that there was a whole mountain of kind of videos and demonstrations of the mini moog and a whole load of things i decided to go to the uh, create digital music uh, link to the Create Digital Music article because I did a really good job of collating a whole load of things together, which saved me having to choose which one to put into our show notes, show blender. So <laughs> just think, let's link to CDM and send everybody across to there because it's pretty cool. We've not done that for quite a while. That's kind of cool. Awesome stuff. Uh, so is that it? Have we made it to the end? I believe we have. <gasps> We've made it to the end. Fantastic stuff. Well, um, yeah. So this has been a, well, we don't think we're going to be here next week because it's about, well, it's a, we've got a bank holiday here in the UK. It's also the Queen's Jubilee. So we actually have to Tuesday off as well. So we suspect there won't be a show next week. But having had a quick discussion about it, it turns out that at least two of us probably aren't doing anything that would prevent us from doing a show. So it may well happen, but I wouldn't count on there being a show next week. Um, but there we go. That's just that is. Uh, this has been show number 57 of the audio podcast, uh, summer 2012, from recorded May 2012. Um, I've been Scott Hewitt. I'm Samuel been... Freeman. Ah, I've been Adam Yanch. And I have not been Scott McLaughlin. Hey. <laughs> when he said that, the screen just went completely black. That was great. 
Let's say let, let's say bye bye to a YouTuber. I'm going to end the broadcast. Bye bye. Bye bye, bye YouTube. <laughs>